Hi guys, my name is Sylvia and welcome to this podcast. I'll be discussing the potential impact of the ongoing digitalization of education and the advent of AI. So there is a complex problem and to a great extent, a step into the unknown for both learners and educators. At this early stage, let's start with a non-controversial statement. Just the role and the expectations of both learners and teachers is going to change. The questions are, how dramatic will this change be? And will they be for the better for educators and the learners? So, in part, I'll be looking at the issue through the lens of the Polish education system, which is one I know the best. Since, I, since I've been an educator here for a few well, four, five years. Uh, so, let's start with a story. The story is about the mature exam. The exam is the one that determines to which university places the high school students will get. Polish students have to analyze certain works of literature, interpreting them and explaining them. So, in 2013, one prescribed text was from the book Świat między 44 zerami, written by Tomasz Rożek. As an experiment designed to criticize to critique the Polish system education, the system education, the Polish education system, sorry. Um, the author submitted his interpretation of his own book to the Matura Examination Board. And let's think, probably he would get a good score. Well, funny thing, he got 70%. That's a barely passing grade for his own interpretation of his own book. What does this tell us about the Polish education system then? Or at least about the years of preparation that students go through? Well, it tells us that the system which teaches participants just to memorize. Memorize the answer and pass the exam. Not to think independently, not to think critically. The correct answer is the one that is found on the answer key. So. Might then the digitalization of education be the hammer that breaks such intellectual chains? We have heard from educators who believe that the role of the teacher will change from importer of knowledge to facilitator of independent research and a mentor of data collection and interpretation. And let's be honest, that sounds encouraging. In the modern world, almost every fact or piece of information is available to the learner within fractions of seconds. So they don't need another person between themselves and the data. What we will need more and more is someone who can help the learners to develop the skills they need to navigate and use the ocean of data. For better or for worse, this means turning established learning practices in their heads. So let's now focus on the upside of an increasing reliance on technology in the classroom. Um, might be the classroom physical or virtual. So well-trained learners have the world of knowledge in their fingertips. Rather than just memorizing prescribed answers, they'll be able to form their own opinions, justify them just based on the information and the sources they find online. The intellectual principle that all answers are worthy of, a con of consideration if they can be justified would lead to great critical thinking capacity among young learners. I really, really try to do that with my students. I, I try to never say no to an answer. I always ask them to give me 
an example or try to explain what they mean. Um, but okay, let's uh, let's leave it there and let's think about uh, the practical sense. So, in the practical sense, the digital content is bright. It has bright colors, it has videos, it has games, interesting audios, and will usually be, be able to hold the attention of young learners more successfully than just a market and a, and a whiteboard, right? Or at least I've experienced this a lot of times with my, with my students. When I tell them to do something like I used to do when I was in primary school, they say it's so boring. Mm, they prefer the interactive whiteboard. <laughs> So we're in a new era. And, but what about the downsides? Because so far everything looks great. Uh, well, the more free and self-sufficient learners are, the greater disparity between their progress might be. If we take primary, if we take primary school, I remember English classes being split into three groups based on the level of the students. So roughly 10 students in each group working at the same rate as their group peers. And the teacher maintaining the progress at the speed that was appropriate for each group. Now, what happens if we give 30 kids 30 iPods and make them at least partially more responsible for their own development? All sorts of factors come into play. Digital literacy of the child, digital literacy of the parents, access to technology at home, income disparity. The child who has access to a tablet at school and at home will, will all things being equal, make quicker progression than the child who only has access at school. Of course, all these issues already exist but it seems that they would be aggravated. So you either have to accept greater variety, variety, sorry, greater variety in progress and outcomes, or put a check onto the balances into place to counteract these disparities. And not only that, but looking beyond just the pedagogical practicalities, we have to be careful about creep, the creep of the digital world into the classroom from a mental health perspective. These days, our socialization is increasingly conducted through the digital world. And is over, there is overwhelming evidence that suggests that this social existence is detrimental to our mental well-being. I know we can all agree that social media discourse is often more aggressive than just a real life equivalent. Many people are perfectly happy to dish out insults to strangers online, which they would never dream of doing that in real life. And images portrayed can be false and misleading. So I think it's important to ask the question, what happens if we break down the walls between the digital world and the real world? And if you what will happen if we do that? What happened if you if you were if you've been bullied online? Would you want to bring this world to the classroom? Uh, previously, you were previously without if we previously without breaking these walls, you were just able to make distinctions between the digital world, let's say the not real world, the less important one, and the physical world. 
the real one, the more important, right? And that distinction might become blurred if your education success is now contingent on your ability to handle yourself in a digital realm. All of which brings us to the topic of privacy in a digital world. There are no two ways about it. Everything you do digitally is recorded, probably forever. In an educational context, this means that for these first-time mistakes, which are always part of the process, will be recorded and remembered by something or someone. As a wider issue, what are or will be or should be the safeguards which make sure that the learner's data is stored in a use and used properly? If data is the new oil, has been argued, do we really expect business and government to opt out of the oil rush? Even a passing acquaintance which capitalism would tell you that would be an extremely naive belief. So, if you believe that a learner's digital footprint will go undisturbed and no entity would seek to use it for observation or profit, I've got a bridge to sell you. We've already seen examples in China of children's behavior and concentration level being digitally monitored and recorded with questionable accuracy. In, on, in order to use such technology, parents had to opt in, giving explicit consent and in most cases appeared to be happy to do so. But let's suppose a parent or an adult learner was not happy clicking accept all the terms and conditions. In an educational curriculum based so heavily on technology and AI, is the alternative to opt in, opting out altogether? I'd like to wrap up by asking the question that the ancient Romans used to determine who was likely responsible or where your motivation lies. Cui bono? Who benefits? Okay, I saw it in a gangster film with my, Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio, but it's an important question to ask. We live in a neoliberal world in which market dictates the action. And let's accept the thesis that technological development is in itself neutral and that it's application of the technology which decides whether or not it's good or bad. If that language isn't too simplistic, we need to ask ourselves who benefits from the rolling out digital technology and AI into the classroom. You can certainly make a case that for the benefits for the learners. And we can certainly suppose there will be added convenience and facilities for educators. This dramatic change in education has yet to play out. In the end, the infiltration of digital tech and AI in education space might be, next, might be the next inevitable step in the Faustian pact our society has already made with technology and technological providers.